Hi everyone and welcome back to the Dan Draper podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Um, today's guest is an incredible positive vibe for anybody that needs uh, that needs it. It's uh, She's really lit up my Instagram recently. Um, but before we get into today's guest, you can find me on the Dan Draper podcast um, on Instagram. You can find me on the Dan Draper podcast on Facebook. Uh, you can find me at D Draper on Twitter. And if you wanted to get involved with the show, and if you've got um, a story you'd like to tell, then email me on the Dan Draper podcast at gmail.com. So without further ado, Helen, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, Dan. And um, thank you for inviting me on to your podcast. Um, it's, a, it's a brand new thing for me, actually. So thank you. Um, I'm Helen Marie. And I am a, a very keen Instagrammer. We're going to talk a bit more, aren't we, about what I do as we go through the questions. So I won't give too much away. And yeah, I am a positive soul um, that comes through. And I'm, I'm a mum. I'm married. I have three children, grown up children, teenagers and four dogs. There's a little bit about me. <laughs> oh, amazing. What dogs do you have? I have... Um, Two elderly basset hounds who are stubborn and um, they're great, but they're very stubborn. And but we just bought them because they looked really cute as puppies, mm. <laughs> as opposed to their behaviour. And they are good girls. And then we've got a miniature dachshund, and we've got a golden retriever. She's our latest addition. Oh, brilliant! My uh, my friends have recently got a uh, a mini dachshund, and he's the cutest little thing. So, so cute. <laughs> cute, but they are the boss. Yeah, they're tiny, but they are the boss. Little pocket rockets. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I wanted to talk a bit. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll head on to, to more about the social media later, but I just wanted to say a massive thank you for your uh, social media. I, I found Helen by searching through uh, some positivity quotes for the podcast and Honestly, it has changed the way that I look at Instagram with with your account. You know, you you've sent such a positive message. Um, all the quotes that you're giving are so hard hitting and and loving and, and caring. And yeah, I just want to say a massive massive thank you for that. So uh, yeah, it's it's incredible. You're a ray of sunshine in the social media world, should we say? <laughs> thank you. I try. <laughs> thank you. No worries. So let's let's take it right back to the beginning. So you um you originally um before you you got into you know more of your social media content, you were working in de- infectious diseases. That's right, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I was a um, public health specialist in infectious diseases for the health. It was the Health Protection Agency then in London. It's mm. now obviously Public Health England, which everyone will be aware of because of the current pandemic we're in so my area of expertise when I was um when I was working was meningitis so Mm. I led on meningitis across well across universities across the country lecturing on meningitis and basically trying to prevent the spread of meningitis in the country but my role covered all infectious diseases um and I do you remember the outbreak of swine flu we had back yeah so we were that was that was like a mini version of what we're going through now because we had to set up um control measures call centers to deal with that because not knowing how that was going to develop so yeah you know corona has been um uh, has yeah massively massively made um infectious diseases more aware to more people I think 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember when I was growing up, it was all about, uh, in the 90s, it was all about the meningitis. You had to have your meningitis jabs, you had to have everything from there. And then, like you said, when I was kind of going through into my sort of early teens, it was swine flu. Um, and then, yeah, now with corona, I mean, in in your opinion, obviously, like corona has been awful for a lot of people, whether it's, you know, just uh you know the health aspect whether it's the the social aspect of it obviously doing what you did previously how have you seen a difference between what we're experiencing now with corona to like you were saying swine flu or anything like that i think i mean it's hard i'm not working in that environment mm. anymore but i think it's for, for me the biggest thing is the public health experts that i worked with they aren't dramatic they aren't, um, they're very calm, intelligent people. They don't overreact. They don't cause um, a panic. So I think everything they're doing is because this is a new disease. They don't know enough about it. So I think all they're trying to do is protect protect the public. I think there's lots of, there's lots of um, cons- concerns going around about the way it's being managed, the way, but at the end of the day, this is a very, very new virus that we, we don't know enough about. So um, they are looking into what this virus is, how we can be protected from it. And at the end of the day, protecting, as we always did, you know, the, the lives of the public. Mm. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's so key. You know, people have always got an opinion about what uh, what others have got to say but you know at the end of the day people are qualified and what they're qualified in and we should just listen to the advice it's as simple as that for me yeah and I think also Dan just to say that it's irrespective of whatever government is in you know the chief medical officer is a chief medical officer whether you've got a labor or a conservative you know mm. they are they are the top health professionals so I think you know their advice their advice is coming from a good place an educated yeah. place yeah exactly so when obviously you then uh came out of that i believe uh so you then turned to blogging um yes (laughs) go on sorry so so yeah i mean what what was the transition into that i mean obviously from such a i'm guessing such a high pressured job and then you go into essentially another high pressured job of blogging because it's you know it can be very personal i mean what was the transition why did you change over well my children were 10, 8 and 6 when I decided to stay at home for them. I think, you know, we were beginning to see some changes in the children. And I suddenly, we were on holiday and I remember saying to my husband, God, another 10 years, they will be 20, 18 and 16. And this time has gone so quickly that actually I felt like I wanted to be mum. I wanted to be mummy. I wanted to be at home with them. So gave up for a year. And I have to admit, as lovely as it was to be a mum to the children, and it it was wonderful, and I, I never regret that. I really lost myself. I I was so used to saying, "Hi, I'm Helen. I'm an infectious disease specialist." I felt <laughs> it was part of who I was, and suddenly I was like, "Hi, I'm Helen. Uh, I've got three children." <laughs> I kind of I, lo- I just lost who I was totally, and uh, you know that everyone's different, and there will be loads of mums that you know that that would be fine and it wasn't I enjoyed it but I wanted something else for me they were at school there was only so much baking housework ironing that I wanted to to do as you say I did have a high pressure job I was educated I wanted to use my brain so 
it was around the time of the unmumsy mum. She was a very popular, or she is a very popular blogger, very funny. And she had young children and I was sat there with teenagers and I thought, oh, I think I might start a a funny blog around raising teenagers because it was funny. The stories were funny. Um, And I enjoyed writing. So every week I churned out blogs about the humorous side of raising teenagers. That's that's amazing. I can only imagine what my mum would have put if she she was putting in about my teenage years. Oh, I know. (laughs) There were plenty and plenty of funny stories and I really enjoyed it. And the blogging community was great fun. There was a, a real, it opened up a whole world to me I didn't know about. So then I started to do some vlogging as well, um, where I was doing um, video um, blogs on, um, on you know, issues around raising teenagers. So the less funny stuff, um, mm. but more around um, the mental health aspects of raising, te- of raising teenagers. Um, so I, um, I blogged for the Huffington Post and um and i made it as a finalist in the brilliance in blogging awards in london so i enjoyed it congratulations how was that blogging for the huffington post obviously what huffington post is known worldwide um as as blogs as media as, as news and that must have been amazing right yeah it was actually and it really pushed me and I um I you know I was lucky that the the engagement I got from those blogs was positive because I knew other people that were you know not not the trolls but the people could be very very opinionated um so yeah you you develop a bit of a thick skin but um I think if you're passionate about what you're writing about and you believe what you're writing about and you're being authentic it's fine yeah and I think that's that's something that you know like with myself with the mental health I'm so passionate about it and do want to release this stigma that you know we're with people that have negative comments or negative messages or whatever you kind of just brush it to one side and say okay great that's your opinion however this is how this is affecting x amount of other people and you know whether it's helping or whether it's just giving someone a voice that they're able to talk about it then you know, it's a form of expression as well. So for me, when, when there's negativity coming like that, I just do my best to brush it to one side and not pay attention to that at all. Yeah, and I think, as you know, particularly with what I'm doing at the moment, I know we're going to cover that, you do begin to learn that very often that is a projection of their issues and their problems, and it's not a personal slate on yourself. Um, so that 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 helps you cope a bit better. But I would always run my posts by my children and by my husband first because they weren't always my stories to tell, and I would never embarrass my children. Um, yeah. So I, I think you have to be very careful um, about protecting protecting your children. Yeah, definitely, and especially for for somebody who is very active online. I mean, you'll see other bloggers vloggers things like that that you know whether it's pets or children or whatever it may be they'll they'll use them as as a sense of selling their brand and their product you know and for me I, I don't kind of believe in that I, I, I don't I think it's a, a a real shame that that some parents would do that so it's nice to hear that you know that there are still people out there that aren't using that platform and using their children or animals or whatever it may be to get likes essentially yeah exactly and I I think you really have to particularly as my children were teenagers they had a voice 
And, you know, that that is a lot of the stories I, I was using were their stories. So I had to be I had to be mindful of that. So I also hear that you've embarked on a, uh, a career change. So do you want to do you want to tell us about how that came around and, uh, and what it is that you're up to? Well, yeah, I mean, as I said earlier, it was it was funny as I as I was on holiday and I thought, God, you know, in 10 years time, they'll be 20, 18 and 16. I remember then thinking my time will come again. I can do so I can embark on something for me in 10 years time. Lo and behold, that 10 years has gone super quickly. <laughs> and so I'm like, ah, okay. So I, I know we talked a bit about this on the phone, Dan, but there came a, there came a point and this is quite raw. There came a point where blogging about teenagers and the funny side suddenly didn't become funny. And, and sadly, for one of my children, my middle daughter, who has given me permission to talk about this today, um, experienced some really, really tough mental health issues and ripped through us as a family. And I don't think you'll ever be the same again when you go through something like that. Um, it affects all of you. And again, it's her story. And But we're firm believers that when you go through something quite so traumatic and you come through it and there's that feeling that your story will help others and that you know when I was going through it and I say I because it was very personal as well you you can't imagine coming through it you you lose hope you really lose hope and um you, you just you're clutching onto anything and ev- anyone that will give you hope that you'll come through this but you can't see it when you're in the middle of it my daughter got a lot of help um and we eventually came through the other side and we we went through an awful lot of therapy um, or she did and I did and I kind of as we came through and she's got stronger and she's growing and she really is just so much stronger she's almost ready to share her story to give other teenage girls hope that because there wasn't that hope when we were going through it you just I think everyone almost shuts their door to it I don't think people talk about it And I was absolutely desperate for a parent group somewhere that would open up and you can, a bit like the rap groups in the war, after the war, the the Falklands, where people would just want, the soldiers would want to sit and talk about what they'd been through with people that had gone through it. And that's what I was so passionate about. I wanted to talk to other mums, other dads that had gone through, um, gone through such awful mental health issues and problems but there was nothing out there there were there were articles online and you read them you think can't believe that I'm going through what this, these people are going through but there was no one to talk to so I decided that I was going to train as a psychotherapist and I'm training in London um, at Regents University doing my master's because what I want to do is eventually provide um voluntary support groups for parents in crisis because Mm. there just wasn't that bit I know we talk about the mental health stigma being erased but it's amazing how people really shut down when they're going through it and don't want to talk to people so yeah that's basic the basis behind why I am retraining purely with my daughter being an absolute inspiration behind that as well yeah and you know thank you so much for sharing that I can only imagine how sort of personal that is 
uh, to you. And I do hope that, you know, your daughter is, is coming through the other side. I wish her well. Um, and I, re- I really hope that, yeah, that, you know, that, that's, that to me, I mean, we, especially with my parents, I usually look at my parents as the inspiration for, you know, what I've been doing, whether it was dad with his music, uh, mum with her caring that she was doing like that. But when the tables have been turned, like you just said there, and you're taking inspiration from your, your child, I think that's, that's massive because, you know, it shows then that role models come in all shapes, sizes, ages, you know, whatever it may be, backgrounds. It's just amazing. So congratulations to you. And as I said, sending lots of love um, to your family for that. Um, so with the, with the retraining that you're doing then in the, in the psychotherapy, you said your ultimate goal then is to start the uh, support groups. Um, what, in terms of the uh, the people that you'd like to engage with with that, would that be kind of um, again not only for families that would be coming through um, with with their um, struggles um, with either mental health or whatever it may be, um, but also would you be looking to do sort of one to one sessions? I mean, what is it that you're looking for from that? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I'd love to open private practice. That's the dream. I would like to work with, I'd love to work with um, teenagers going through what my daughter was going through. I think what we've been through as a family, and and this is one of my favourite words from it, is hope. And I want Mm. to be able to give other teenagers hope. I want to be able to give other parents in crisis hope. And so yes, there would very much be that one-to-one that I'd like to offer. I would like to offer group work. I'd like to, you could do that online with Zoom. There's ways of doing that. I would like my daughter to be really strong and to work with me to show that you can pull through this. I think so often it's so nice for other teenagers to see another person that's been through it and come through it. They're not a horror story. They've come through it. Um so yeah, very much a teamwork with my daughter as well on that. No, I'd, I'm really excited for that for that future and uh, keeping an eye on on your social media for that because I know that you changed your social media quite a bit. Um, you know, when you were getting not only into the vlogging but when this this experience was happening to you and and what you were putting out. I mean, can you t- talk to us a bit about that as well? Well, yeah. So. Basically, I um, I used to do a little bit of um, Instagram around the blog, and then I stopped. And then I ended up, um, my daughter and I would go for walks as kind of escapism. And I found that I was taking the camera out, and I would be taking photos of London. And I started this Instagram account, very much Pretty City London kind of account, pure escapism. So we would walk, we'd go for coffee, and I'd take photographs. And it was escapism for me and I loved it. But it got to the stage where my daughter got better. But I didn't really feel I had a, a why with my Instagram anymore. And it, I felt I didn't just want to post pretty pictures anymore. So with my training um, with a psychotherapist, I decided to turn it into a positivity, mental well-being, and particularly with a focus on um, online mental well-being. So um looking at how social media can affect your mental health and how to protect your mental health online. So yeah, that's where you found me with all my positivity quotes yes. <laughs> and keeping social media real. Yeah. And I think, again, that's one of the, the why you're such a shining star on, on social media when it comes to that, because you do keep it real. Like you're, you know, you don't 
fluff it up too much you say it how it is there's the positivity there but it's not just a a throwaway quote it's something that's really real to a lot of people and will hit a lot of um a lot of people in in you know the way that either they're feeling at the time or something they have felt and that's why I've fallen in love with your profile. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I sometimes feel that um, I think someone said recently, Helen, you're like a real slap in the face, um, <laughs> slap in the face quote in the morning. And it's not; it's just about being real. And it's I, I'm not fluffy positivity all the time. That to to be happy, you just have to be positive because. Mm. Trust me, I know what we've been through as a family. You can't just say, oh, just be happy. That's not how it works. Um, so there's a, a bit of realness there, yeah. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's the that's the key thing is, that, like you said, you do need that bit of a realness. And otherwise, you just get, like you said there about the escapism, you just get lost in this world of social media that is just constantly trying to build you up and then one thing will happen and it will just completely you know it's like game of jenga you pull the wrong brick out and you just fall to pieces yeah and and i'm really passionate about people having a a a fulfilling real life so that social media just complements that as opposed to everything being lived because of social media yeah i mean one thing that i wanted to ask was in terms of social media obviously that you've got with your instagram and everything with the blog how have you found um your mental health has changed with that because I know for me where I'm constantly trying to push the podcast and I'm you know uh getting everything out trying to get into new projects as well for me it's it's a a lot of time I I said to you before the call that everything's now a full-time job and I've got the uh, the full-time job as well um so I mean you know from from my point of view there's a lot of work that I need to do. And I know, thank you again so much for your kind words that you were helping me out with my social medias for that. Um, but yeah, how do you, how do you feel with your social media now with the the time, the effort, the, the everything that goes into it, how has it changed your mental health? Um, I think, I think you have to be really strict with your time limits on social media because you could spend an awful lot of time on it. Mm. Um, and I think if you're scro- just scrolling, it's very easy to get fall down that kind of scrolling trap. You think, oh, all I've done is scroll for far too long. I'm not even going to say how long, far too long. <laughs> and you feel that kind of almost a bit disappointed in yourself that you've sat and scrolled for so long. So I think really setting those time limits is good. Almost have a a purpose to your scrolling but I'm really a huge advocate that if you're following the right accounts Instagram can be a really really positive place so your account the accounts you follow should they should entertain you educate you fill you with joy or inspire you in some way if they're not unfollow mute block whatever it is you need to do um and I think also don't get too caught up in the online world. Make sure that your real life is still the focus and that your online world just is is a is a joy, really. Yeah. And I think that's so key as well because I've got um my personal profile and I've got the podcast profile and the podcast profile is my positive outlet because it's got everything on there. I mean, you'll see a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, like on um, uh, most people's personal feeds where it'll be coronavirus this, Trump that, extortion this, you know. So for me, having actually the the podcast Instagram is 
um, a nice little outlet where I can be like, actually, there is a lot of good in the world and it's not all just as as bad as what's being portrayed in the media and, and everything that's gone through from there. So I'm 100% with you on following the right accounts because I think that it's so much better for your mental health um, for that. And I've spoken to a lot of people about that recently um, that are now sharing different profiles of positivity to just combat the amount of awfulness, really, that's going around at the minute. Yeah, d- definitely. And I think that, that also you don't, no one's forcing you to be on social media either. So you don't, you're not being told you have to be on it. So you can select how much you dip in and dip out of it. Um, I think I spoke to you on the phone about the, about Alexandra Franzen, didn't I as well? Yes. And how yeah. she came away from social media because of lots of issues. Um, but I think it's just important to, um, to use it for what you want to use it for. Yeah. So what's next for you then? Obviously, we touched a little bit earlier, your your retraining, you've got your future goals, but what's next for you? What's what's uh, Helen's world looking like? Well, <laughs> well I'm definitely going to finish my MA um, and then obviously I will open the private practice. But my ultimate dream at the moment is to, again, we talked about it, but the social media and mental health. Um, I'm very passionate about doing a PhD in the effects of on the effects of social media on our mental health um i've got i've got quite a large platform i get a lot of dms from people talking about how to manage their mental health online i'd love to look into that a bit more yeah perfect and i think that that's so so inspiring as well i mean like we were just saying there about scrolling through and and checking in on the right accounts you know it's that's going to be huge so i can't wait for you to uh to get started on that I am 100% going to be your biggest advocate for that (laughs) Dan thank you (laughs) brilliant so um, Helen thank you so much for coming on I mean where can we find you Um, you know on Instagram your blog tell us about where everyone can find you it's mainly Instagram for me so Mm. um, it's Helen Marie but it's um, so Helen Marie but h.e.l.e.n.marie but um, you, yeah, you should find me on there, full of positivity. Yeah. And guys, honestly, follow the profile because it has really changed my perception on a lot of things. So again, thank you so much, Helen. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Perfect. Right, guys, that was uh, Helen. So if you have a story to tell, I would love for you to get in contact. Again, you can email me on the Dan Draper podcast at gmail.com or you can reach out to me on my socials. So you can go at the Dan Draper podcast on uh, Instagram, at the Draper podcast on Twitter or the Dan Draper podcast on Facebook. Thank you so much again. And I look forward to seeing you all again soon. Thanks.